0: live. Welcome to the Creative Freedom HQ. Creative Freedom HQ. What are we calling this podcast? This is the Singularity Booth. The Singularity Booth. With myself and legible Midwest lyrical rapper legible in the building. Miracle, miracle. And uh, my name is Nathaniel. Some people know me by Nathaniel's experience. My real name is Zach, by the way. I don't go
1: by, by, by just legible, but call me that because it's cool.
0: My real name's not Nathaniel, but no, I'm just kidding. That is my real name, but Nathaniel's y'all don't, y'all experience that you y'all, y'all don't get this last name though. That's yes. that's for me. Oh shit. So
1: private with it. Zach and Nathaniel, like we said, this is the Singularity Booth. Shit's going crazy, man. This is uh this has been a dream for a really long time. We're talking like years here. Uh I don't know. I mean, I feel like I was just like any other average kid. Growing up in the 2000s, I listened to Joe Rogan all the time. Facts. Worshipped that man, essentially. And it's just, I've always wanted
0: to recreate it in my own way and do it a little different, but, you know. To me, it's all all the Joes. Joe Budden, Joe Rogan. (laughs) All the Joes. Um, No, I mean... Lex Friedman. I mean, let's just shout them all out for a second. For cause real, these are the people that are inspirations. Yeah, in the in the podcast world, they're they're actually doing shit out here that I respect, and I think they're doing some honorable journalism oh, in a way that's approachable to like the average listener, and they're not really inserting politics into it so much as they are just their personalities and like their genuine opinions to these right. topics. And I think put a little bit. Clear. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Let me there there you just go. Perfect. Just, just We're still learning. Myself, We're but, still learning in this bitch. Brand new to this. For Hold real. up. So. I was thinking today we just go over, you know, you as an artist, do a little artist spotlight, you know, talk about a little bit, go into some of your past projects, because you've been doing this for a minute. I have. For some of the listeners out there, you may not know, but Legible here has been rapping since, how old were you when you first started rapping? Twelve.
1: Jesus. Twelve. So um, the Marshall Mathers LP2 came out in 2012, I'm pretty sure, or maybe double check me on that um, whenever that came out, he dropped Rap God, and of course, you know, I fucking loved that song, and I told myself, I want to make a song that I can rap even faster than this motherfucker, even though I've never written a song in my life, I just, that was my, that was kind of my goal in starting music in general, plus rap battles were kind of the shit, I loved King of the Dot, I loved URL, all of the mainstay battle rap channels, I was just, obsessed with and i would i would steal punch lines from them and then i would battle kids at school kind of lightly just as jokes at the table kind of testing the waters with this music shit my confidence levels all that shit and then uh yeah rap god came out and i was just like i'm gonna better this shit i'm literally i want i want to make better music than him and that is my goal all respect to him but like i want to be the rap god
0: so so he's one of your biggest influences there. oh
1: of course of course
0: I hear it in the music a little bit too, but you are your own sound, which I appreciate in this world full of a lot of rappers that have similar sounds. You know, you've got your trap rappers, your mumble rappers. We're both lyrical,
1: but I feel like production-wise, I experiment a lot more. He wouldn't rap over half the shit I rap over. Right. I would love to try it someday, though. That would be absolutely awesome.
0: As we'll get into um, your newest debut album, Isolation. Right, right, right. When did that drop?
1: That dropped October 31st. It was supposed to come out the 30th, but the 31st was
0: Halloween and uh, it's out now. 2022. 2022. Important to mention. In case you're in the future. In case you're. Um, What got you into hip hop then? Like, besides just Eminem and Rap God and all of that, like, were you first listening as a child? Did somebody put you on? I was not allowed
1: to listen to rap as a child. Yeah. That's probably why I was so into that shit. You know? Yeah, you
0: kind of want what you can't have. Type you know, shit. it's it's the apple in the garden.
1: It was the one thing I couldn't do was listen to. My parents did let me listen to clean versions of songs, all the time. But you know, you're filling in the gaps anyways with the words. You know what they're saying. So right. to me, it's just like I kind of did my own thing. And when I was dolo riding around in the car, I would listen to <laughs> shit.
0: Yeah, all no. all uh,
1: the swear words.
0: My mom had my some uh, some Eminem bumping as a child, but she had the clean CDs as well. And yeah. Listening to Eminem on a clean CD is just another experience.
1: I do got to ask, wait, so this is episode three. This is episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I was going to say we should break down the name and all that shit. Of course. Hey, that's, in chronological that order, might be important. this is number three, we should do that on the first episode. So Yeah. For anyone who hears this is episode three, we did kind of record this out of chronological order, but it makes sense in the context.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Singularity Booth, we're kind of aiming to be... and. An episode, a podcast show about two friends, you know, new friends. I might add. I mean, I didn't really know you that long ago. I mean, we met in person for, for the first time like two weeks ago from today. Which <laughs> today's date is what? December fourth. How'd
1: that, How'd that ha- Like, what what connections led to that point?
0: I would say, you know, we have both relationships with Goof Off Collaborative. Shout out Goof Off Collaborative too in Big the house. Shout in out the house, behind the
1: cameras right now in Y'all the can't studio, see them, but they're sexy
0: as we speak. Um, They direct both of our music videos, yes, and we went to the same rap studio and then rolled in some of the same circles, and from there, I feel like we just kind of both heard about each other. And then I remember, I specifically remember reaching out to you just over DM and just like telling you that I fucked with your music. Right. Was, was the first. You just swiped up on that
1: shit, and you said, yeah. I'm." I, it was awesome. It was, just, it was a real synchronicity moment. It really was. Was it? Yeah, dude. I mean, you know. Also, I'm kind of afraid it's not picking you up that well. I don't know why. Yeah, this no, let me... just uh, try to, like, really get right on that. Let me get
0: on this bitch a little bit more. Yeah. Mic check, one, two. You hear me okay? Try holding it like... Yeah, it sounds okay. Yo, yo. That's... Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Try holding it flat. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll hold it like this a little bit. I don't later. know. Maybe it's just my headphones or something. Just I could be tripping, distance. too. I did, uh... Maybe we'll cut this out. Probably. Probably. All right. So, anyways... Maybe okay, so that's how we met. Yeah. You gotta you gotta have that shit right there. Fuck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. See, right, now you heard that, really right? Yeah, you heard it that really close.
1: That mic is like really low. Yeah. For some reason. The gain on that. Is there
0: any way to turn this joint up or well
1: yeah, but then then you risk you know peeking out on this. So Effects. that's just a really touchy, peaky microphone for some reason. Still nice though.
0: It's great, mic. Great mic. Recorded some music on yeah. this not too long ago with you. That's true. Oh, that's the same mic? It's the same mic. Been touched by God. Graced by the rap God, the new modern day rap God. Nah, Nah, not yet. Fuck
1: that. The new rap God. I don't want. I I thought that's what, you know, I wanted to be. Right. Honestly, if you think about it, everyone that Eminem inspired, how did their music age?
0: I mean, I don't know. How did did, that music he age? inspired a lot of people, right. and, and not all of them like aged badly. I would say the main ones. Let's say Logic,
1: Hobson, uh, Tech Nine. Even though Tech Nine and him came up at the same time, right? Um, all them lyrical miracle mother Dax, Tom McDonald. If if you want to mention that, you know, just oh, some of these guys, they they really didn't get the respect because I feel right. like they focus too much on the technical ability of rap instead of just making good music.
0: Yeah, they're too much in a shadow, you know. You you have to differentiate yourself to some extent more. You know, you mentioned Tom McDonald. I know he's trying to, you know, just be, be as outrageous and upsetting as Eminem was back right. in his day, you know. But actually... Shocking yeah. raps and things like that, but... Tom McDonald. He's, yeah, is. I... He's going, you know. Guys, interesting. Yeah, he's he's going in a direction that I don't know. I I don't enjoy listening to, but whatever. Um,
1: <laughs> so some people obviously he's got a platform for a reason, but I think he's he's using you know anybody who uses drama and antics as the main part of their career is just not not what I'm about. And like I said, just they're they're too focused on technical abilities. Right. And I heard someone I don't remember who said it, but. They kind of, especially Eminem in his newer shit, he really turned his music into like a mathematical equation with the syllables and with the rhymes and all this. And it sounds like you're never going to remember that. You right. know, you're not going to like remember that first listen, have those catchy moments, those sticking moments. And honestly, that's why I've kind of tried to like get away from that a little bit. It's where I started, but it's a great starting point because it makes you learn things. But
0: after that, you got to branch out into other stuff. So I'm trying to do that now. Would you say that... M was someone that you first started listening to then, and oh. and is that partly what spawned? Oh yeah, my dad loved Beastie Boys. Too. Okay, loved Beastie Boys, and they're pretty clean. So yeah, no, and obviously M M's somewhat inspired by Beastie Boys as well. Getting comfy, man. right with the Kamikaze album <laughs> I can't cover. Can't blame you, bro. <laughs> Zooted just. Well. Yeah. Um. So that's. A little bit about your musical inspiration growing yeah. up, but MF
1: Doom as well. MF Doom. MF Doom was huge, bro. I don't. I don't. I would just watch the rap genius deconstructed videos when they were super rudimentary of just like his rhyme schemes and color, and it was like,
0: wow, that dude's a Shit's that dude's an alien lyrically. I mean, he's rhyming complete sentences, sentences. together just easily <laughs> and just going over people's heads for real. I didn't know the extent of it until I saw the shit annotated on a screen in front yeah. of me, but. For real. What was it like growing up then? This is kind of a touchy subject. I'm not, okay. I, I
1: feel like I got to tread lightly on this. Um, me and my family have kind of a, a touch and go relationship with, there's certain differences that we have religiously that have kind of separated us drawn. a. I don't know. That's there's some contemption for sure. Uh, I feel like that's probably shouldn't just ever air that publicly, but I still love my parents forever. It just, it really stinks that we're separated right now and it's been three years, but yeah.
0: Three years, huh?
1: Growing up was, it was interesting because I kind of grew up in a very religious household where not a lot of things were allowed and, you know, for good reason. It does teach you, Christian principles really do teach you a lot about how to live, live a good life, how to be a good person, how to. I don't know just but it, it, I felt choked. I felt too, loved to death is the best way I can describe it. Not not by my parents. They right. I would love to be loved to death by my parents of course. But just the, the whole organization I was in was just and if you listen to my music you will know exactly what it is. I just don't feel the need to bash anybody publicly for anything. For sure. And you know there was there, there were really good people in my life but I was surrounded by people that were kind of very judgmental and out for their own interests and promoting an image more than real values. And my family included, you know, it's just, it's about per- portraying how spiritual you are and how you look more than actually living that lifestyle. We did live the lifestyle, but it's just deep down inside, I kind of was just going crazy. And I kept it to myself because I had to. Uh, and eventually it got to the point where it was, I had to cut ties with pretty much everyone I knew and that that happened when I was 19 so we're only like three years of like being in what people consider the real world I guess I was very sheltered until that point and then that's where you know all the music shit and experimenting came from
0: that point forward wow no that's I was not expecting that answer (laughs) I I, long-winded answer. I don't know you even well enough personally so I, I it's one of those things where you know, we're gonna kind of get to know each other on camera as well, for and, it, and during this show, which is which is great. Um, do you feel like they were strict growing up? Is yeah. that something you can get for into? Sure. For
1: sure, But it wasn't it wasn't you know too strict by any means. I was allowed to do a lot of things. Yeah, PG thirteen movies when I was thirteen, which uh, it pissed me off back then. But you know, like I said, it saved me from a lot of stuff. <laughs> It really does. I'm not missing out on anything bad by not yeah. being able to smoke at the age of 11 and swear and have sex way too early. Like it did, it kept me from a lot of stuff. I think it made me a grounded person, but it was very strict. And yeah. Sometimes strict parents raise sneaky kids, and it's it's true. And I was a very sneaky, diabolical son of a bitch. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Just, it was, what
0: what was, was bad. what was Legible like as a as a child, as a teen, sneaking oh, around? Oh man. Going to parties? Were you? Uh, what no, was no, it no. Like? Honestly, I had to do
1: everything at school because when I went home, you know, all eyes were on me. There's just pressure from everywhere about upholding God's standard of righteousness in every aspect that I do, and everything you do reflects God. And when I was at school, I was a, t- I was living a double life. I was school. I was just a, they call it a worldly person. I was a worldly person at school and I loved it. I did. I felt free. I felt free. I was doing a lot of bad stuff, but it was the first time I was able to actually like express myself and middle school, high school is where I really like was like, oh, what if I swear? So I started swearing. And then what if I smoke weed? Delta eight. And shout out <laughs> and Delta shout eight. Shout out Delta eight, you know,
0: because legality. Um, we still live in Iowa. This is this is taking place in Iowa. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> the best place in Iowa. Shout out Delta Eight. Shout
1: out Delta Eight and Delta Nine. Should get you fucked. All up. All the I deltas.
0: Remember. Shout out all the deltas. All the deltas. Yeah. All right. So, I don't remember where we were growing up. Growing essentially, up. a little bit strict, a little bit religious. Yeah. Maybe a lot of bit religious, but for sure. By by all means, you feel like it helped you help shape you into who you became today. 100%.
1: And, All right. of it's a clear character progression. Yep. You know, as it is for anyone. How about you?
0: What's your what's your little story? Mine's a little bit different. I was able to grow up I mean, so my mom, the first music I remember even listening to was my mom bumping Nelly, it's getting hot in here, <clears throat> and old school Eminem in the house. Nice. That's what I first grew up on, believe it or not. She what was a combo. she was on on that vibe so I was listening to a lot of old school Eminem, not really knowing what the fuck it was saying. So when he's like round the outside, I'm thinking it's saying brownie outside, like <laughs> like yeah. eating brownies. I'm a kid, like singing these lyrics, not knowing what I'm even saying. Bro was eating brownies outside. I was eating brownies outside, you know? And it wasn't very strict. Well, so let me pedal back for a second. It was strict. My parents grew up in a divorced family. And so My dad was super strict, a little bit religious, Christian side, like you were kind of experiencing, like dinner table certain time, you know, go to church, all that shit that I actually wasn't really into at the time. I wasn't having to do any of that activity stuff in the life of when I'd be at my mom's house, which was majority of the time. So it's one of those things where I got to experience the best of both worlds. I grew up with my mom not being religious, not being strict. Not that those two are correlated necessarily, but and then my dad being both of those things. Yeah. So I don't know, that's that's kind of how I grew up. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know about cursing when I started cursing and shit. What I,
1: made you want to do music?
0: I would say I would say just fucking around freestyling with my buddies. Yeah. Um just feeling that rush of Energy that I would get from it, that sort of natural high and just rhyming words together was so much fun, man. Dude, it's. It was so much fun. It is fun. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. And I think, you know, the first time I started rapping, me and my buddy and my dad's side, we were in a Florida hotel room and they were out doing whatever at the beach or something like that. And me and my buddy were just in the hotel room. You know, some stories up in the air. I don't, I think we were at the Fountain Blue, honestly. But, um, Sounds we just, fancy, he just, no. yeah, no, it, it is. <laughs> he just put on, he just put on a fucking beat and we just started rhyming. We didn't like, we didn't plan it. We didn't, we just kind of instinctually started rapping on the shit and right. no, no judgment. We were best friends, you know, yeah. I think that's how you probably should start with the shit. For sure. If you can start with someone you're comfortable with. mm you know, and, and that way, because the best part about freestyling is a lot of your true self comes out, you know?
1: Yeah. Dude, it's, I feel like each song is really just a picture of, like, like you know, what you were feeling in that moment. Like, it's, it's literally just a vibe that you, like, where your mentality was that day is just captured forever as a song. Yeah, and that's really how I try to make it feel. Anyways, I don't know, how, like if that's what you do, but it's just I've always felt that way. It's just, and I hear that, and I hear other artists, and I'm like, that's how they were thinking that day, you know? It's no, mind bending.
0: It's what, freestyling was probably one of my first, you know, therapeutic ways I found to express mm. myself too. Yeah, a healthy way, I might add. But it was, it was freeing. It was empowering. You're doing it with the homies, they're amping you up. Oh, you just hit a fire verse
1: or sometimes shitting on you.
0: That too. That, but <laughs> but point. that's 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 the fun part too when you right. when you just rhyme some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude,
1: it always okay, every freestyle. You got know? to talk about this. Every freestyle either goes like <laughs> completely sus or <laughs> yeah, 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 sometimes it gets sus and you're just always like Always go sus. That's the easiest shit to yeah, rhyme
0: yeah, about. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I feel like I, that's how I practiced. I was just doing sus so stupid bars, but like it actually made me learn flows, cadences, all this stuff,
0: and showing personality in your music. So today I want to get into not just who you are as an artist, who you are as a person, a song by song kind of breakdown mm. of the twelve tracks that is Isolation, the debut album. It's a big deal. Yeah, but you like like we talked about. I mean. You've been rapping since twelve? When was your first project out? All right, here's a story. (laughs) Um, so I always wanted to rap,
1: but like how am I gonna bring that up to my parents that pretty much despise rap music that isn't completely clean? And you know, I so I figured out something. And I was in this program called Caps through my high school, which is like this, you would pretty much work a job the second half of your school day. And I was working for this place called Viking Pump then. funny enough, just like this engineering place, they do like oil pumps and stuff, um, so I was there working on some 3D printed stuff, and then they had, one of the, the, the assignments we got was a group project, where this was in 10th grade, no, 11th grade, um, I didn't record a single song until 11th grade. I had, but they were just like crappy phone recordings on my, or Chromebook recordings. This was the first one I actually got to take to a studio because the group project was make a commercial, make something that advertises Viking Pump. And so I was like, I'm making a goddamn song. And I knew the studio and I had these kids around me that were supposed to be on the group. And I was like, nah, y'all can, y'all can fuck off. I'll write the song and this can just be our group project. And so I recorded this song and I used Goosebumps by Travis Scott for the beat. Oh shit. Yeah, and it was and I sampled okay. Mario Brothers for the beginning and all this shit and I went off with the production. And it kind of it kind of blew up. It got like 4000 plays in like a week on SoundCloud alone and no Spotify back then or anything. Yeah. And yeah, we showed it to Viking Pump and these people at Viking Pump were like, "This is your first song you ever made?" And the dudes at the studio were like, "This is the very first song you ever made?" Cuz I had written like 3 albums worth of shit before that. Terrible. Terrible, but you know, like actually knew how to rap. Yeah. At least. Obviously, it was not very polished, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was, that's how I did it, though. It was a school project, and it's called Program, and it's still out there. And it's the very first song I ever like professionally recorded. And I, I shout out the guys' names at the end that were supposed to be on the group project, but they clearly had nothing to do with it at
0: all. Right. But that's kind of what I wanted. It's funny you say that, because I actually I had a similar group project once upon a time where you know oh, sure. everyone in the classroom that had no business rapping made a little rap song in that class period, 45 minutes or whatever. And I won the first place out of that little like classroom with 30 people or Mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know. I felt a little happy, but then I was just realizing like my brother was in that class with me. I don't know if he like said something to the teacher, like he knew that it might mean something to me. I I really don't know. Like, I like to think that maybe he said something to the teacher or something, maybe like, Mm -hmm. but, but so what made you Get the name legible then, because I actually don't huh. know. I mean, it, it's kind of self-explanatory and it's short and sweet. You think it's sweet.
1: self-explanatory
0: to some extent, like being legible, like being good at writing and lyrical. It's it's kind of on theme, right? I don't know. Um,
1: there was zero thought that went into that shit. <laughs> just like literally, I just needed the name. I was gonna go by Kaz. Funny enough, I was gonna go by C A Z, just Kaz. Or maybe C H A. Well, I guess it'd be Chaz. But that's you know, trash. That's trash. Kaz would be trash. That's trash. Yeah, I know. I know. I realize that, but it's Zach backwards, which is why I did it. I was like, genius. No one will ever understand that. And I thought it was a good name at the time, and I ended up producing beats for a while, called myself Production by Kaz, and I still might run with that in the future. I don't know. I feel like that's got a ring to it. But then eventually, I have no idea when it started being legible. It just did. I don't remember any day that I was like, yeah, my name's this now. I don't know. I really, I don't remember. Maybe it's because I was disassociating most of my childhood. Probably. I don't know. But it just like I, the name stuck. I just liked, the, I liked the word. Saw it somewhere, I guess. And I was just like, yeah, what if that was my name? And just wrote a couple songs, bi-legible, and it stuck. But, And then I realized later on, like, yeah, it actually kind of really works with the style of rap that I make.
0: So you have this school project at some point in your <laughs> yeah. life that leads into... Eventually you take on the moniker Legible, you start releasing some, you say, three trash albums and then something that maybe you're somewhat happy with. And never released them. Never released them? The first album was okay. called Rap Machine. Interesting. Yeah,
1: dude. You want to see some of the lyrics from it? No, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Yeah, 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 play it. From the very first song I ever wrote, it's called Rap Machine. It's so bad. Incredibly bad. It's going to take me a second to find though. Oh, shit! Actually, I can't even pull it up. I don't think that's sad, but can't yeah no, I just I was literally just using Rhyme Zone back in the day. you know, we're all guilty of it.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> no, you're not a rapper if you haven't pulled up rhyme Zone at least. bro like everybody's one time. had their era. Hold
1: up, I got it here.
0: How we looking goof off, looking good? Wow! Really already? Wow!
1: Holy shit! Wow! We have been cooking. We haven't even gotten into like questions at all. You I know. haven't even started yet. <laughs> yeah, we should probably. <laughs> get, damn, we get too comfortable, man. People are gonna fucking hate this shit. We gotta get. We gotta get to it.
0: That's a good problem to have, though. That is
1: a great, great problem to have. We got Not so much ground to cover. Not knowing
0: that we're having like too much. Fun doing this shit For real. and time's flying by. Yeah. I found the lyrics. I found the lyrics. Back to that anecdote after that
1: tangent. Here's Rap Machine, the first song by Legible. <clears throat> Listen to the Whack MC to Mr. Zach B. Be careful of the shockwave forming from me. Hey, G, do you know what the B means? I'll tell you, B-R-E-D to the E, Brady. Listen, Zach Brady with the crazy ladies daily, and maybe he was feeling hazy because when you started being lazy lucky for you, he forgot to turn off his safety, so shut up, cry, baby, drop and give me 80. Well, I'll be in my Mercedes or I'll send you straight back to Hades. That's the very first verse okay, ever wrote Okay. Ever. And this Talk was... your shit,
0: motherfucker. This is so bad. It's so bad.
1: I'm looking at the details. I've edited it since... So it says the last time I modified it was 2017, but it was probably like 2013, realistically, when I wrote that.
0: Which that is ha- crazy. That
1: Hades bar? Hades bar. You straight what was that, that safety
0: off? Right. Shit. <laughs> so dumb. Got the safety off. Doesn't up. even make any sense. <laughs> That's so dumb. But it's it brings you joy going back to that? Oh, for sure, dude. Sure. What does it? What does it feel like? Do you look at that like I'm so much more skilled now, or do you look at that with like kind of like pride of look at how far I've come?
1: I'm like look at this fucking buffoon. Yeah, <laughs> right. But at the time you hazy wrote that, hazy, Brady, crazy, Mercedes, right. <laughs> like
0: what the fuck? It's you so thinking? like revolutionary, right? It's so like taking it back to that old school boom bap shit a little yeah. bit more with the which was my roots, you know, it's, right? Some like '90s. You have to start on some simple type, super simple flow and but so do you feel like you've grown like to a point where you're just that sounds better are you how good of an mc are you right now how much better are you going to get that's a
1: subjective i guess question yes but to me i feel like i'm pretty polished yeah gotten to the point to where i can almost freestyle whole songs like it's hard to do on a mic when you like actually got the booth and you know you're being recorded that's when like freestyling is really hard but like when i'm just with the homies I can almost freestyle like 10 minutes straight now. It's crazy. Like and that that came from just years of practice and knowing the rhymes and you know falling back on rhymes that you remember and all this shit. It's like weaving riddins with new shit and I just kind of do that for all my music
0: now. I don't know. So now, we all good? Now I want to start getting into some of the music. Okay. Okay, we've talked a it. little bit about yourself. I want to get into let's start off with what's your favorite body of work that you've released
1: gotta be isolation of course
0: okay and why, is that? Recent, why is that why uh, is that i was just uh
1: that album was me well first off i worked on it for over two years like two and a half years almost three i think i don't really know when i started working on. It. i feel like this is the album i've always been working on deep down and it's just, it's such a mixed bag of types of beats and types of feelings and types of vibes to the point where it's just like, it just seems like a really misunderstood person. That's what I wanted it to feel like. And it's called isolation, right? And I thought it would be funny if I named it isolation. You would think like, if you named it that there'd be like no features, it'd be super sad songs. But there's like... Moments start super sad, melodramatic, and then it just gets happy, almost like anthem-type shit, and there's tons of pe-
0: feature appearances everywhere. There's a lot of features on there. Tons, I don't, dude. I don't know how many. I don't know if you've ever counted, but... I think 12. So on every track? Yeah, almost, almost. Oh, you mean so? Well, I mean, total.
1: Insomniac has five ciphers in one song. Got you. Know, you. So, or five features in one song. And, yeah, I don't know. And the funny part about it is just the irony of calling it isolation when I wasn't isolated at all. So it was, like, the, the kind of, like, theme of it was, you know, I was just, I was the problem the whole time, pretty much. And I realized that, and I kind of, like, started the album with that realization. It's like, I'm the problem. And then it's just going through and explaining what mindsets were during that, to reach that answer, what did I have to do? And that's kind of what this album is. And I wish 1703 could have been on there, because that's just where it really closed it off, explaining, like, why it started. You know, I kind of did the album backwards. Yeah, seventeen oh three is explaining why I was in this mindset, and Armageddon at the beginning was the the revelations I got after coming out of it. And so I kind of like reversed what should have been first. I kind of put last, and what should have been last kind of went first. And I feel like it worked,
0: and I love it for that. Do you remember like roughly like what was the order like in those two three year span in that two year three? Why can't I talk? In that two, three year span, what song did you make first? What song was most recent on that album? So I've dropped
1: three projects based off of this one album that I was going for. Overall, I had like over 50 songs made in total for when I was trying for this album, even when I wasn't trying that made it on there. Jesus. 50 songs and ended up being 14 if you count the one that couldn't drop. So, you know, it was a lot of refining.
0: What was the question again? I'm sorry.
1: What was the order (laughs) of making
0: the tracks on the album? So did you make Isolation first? Did you make Armageddon first? No. I made...
1: So it's called Venus Rising Demos. I dropped it on my birthday last year. And these were like year old songs when I first was trying to make this album back when I was recording on a mic like this at home. Had like a little USB mic and I was recording these songs. And if you listen to that project, October 16th, 2021 was when it dropped. Um, It was... That that's where it started. So I first made this song called Waterloo Bitches, and it was I'm familiar. That's a yeah, good one. That's a, a good, good song. I, so you
0: recorded that on what mic setup?
1: It was this Audio Technica condenser mic. That's and it. it? Was just it was so ass, bro. The mix was. so I actually bad. like
0: like that song though.
1: Oh yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. It yeah. kind of sounds good because it is underground with the mix and shit. I don't know, but that's where that's literally the first song. And then from there, I made this song called Fog. F.O.G., which is, you know, explaining that whole religious shit again. And, yeah. So th- those are the first two I made. And if you listen in F.O.G., I mentioned Isolation. That whole album I mentioned Isolation. And then from there, dropped another project called Changes, which was, ironically, the changes to the album that I was, like, getting rid of. So kind of the throwaways from the album I knew I was about to drop. And each song on that project had a beat switch. So it was kind of like, you know, changes in the songs, too. So that right. I ended up dropping, you know, that's five. So we got six and then I think five. So that's like 11 songs before the album even came out that dropped. So, like, it started there.
0: And I think you say on changes, correct me if I'm wrong, something of the sort, like, this is the album before Isolation. Mm -hmm. And you say something like, these are the throwaway songs, Yeah, you know. So what's your favorite body of work? Because, you know, so many artists are going to say, like, my most recent project's my favorite. Mm-hmm. It know, is. It always is. So, but this one, obviously, you did spend a lot more time on compared to all of the other ones yeah. and, and everything else like that. And it's sort of your, your, your masterpiece out of, out of everything that you've done so far and a collection of all your skill sets kind of in one project put together. But what's your favorite project besides O-W-T. Isolation? Okay.
1: OWT, One Way Trip. That one's fucking crazy. I don't know that one. That one was also a really weird mindset. I was taking so many goddamn psychedelics <laughs> that I just I didn't even know what reality was and you can tell with that album. Yeah. It's cool, but like I still couldn't swear in my music then, funny enough. So the whole album was about drugs, but there's no swearing and no direct mention of drugs anywhere.
0: You're like, I can I, like. I can eat as many of these psychedelic plants and do as many of these psychedelics but was, I'm not going to say fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't.
1: I would like literally lose everything if I got caught for
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: and eventually, you know, that just happened anyways, which I explained on Armageddon, the first songs where I cussed. But I don't know, shit's uh, OWT was a cool album. It was a cool album. A bunch of like experimental concepts that I fuck with. I did all my own production on it pretty much, besides two songs, and I love that one. That one was just like right when I first moved out. My first like exploring the world album. And I think it's what it sounds like, and it's about you know a near death experience too, like deep down, drugs, near death experiences, a second chance at life. But unfortunately, I was didn't have the budget to make it a real album, and just didn't have that that finesse to me that I think I do now.
0: No, I I'm familiar with your whole catalog at this point now. That's crazy. I think Isolation is your most well rounded project that you've done. For I think sure. that we should Shout just out start most iconic records for that too. Shout out Most Iconic Records. Everyone
1: involved in Most Iconic Records had a huge part in the production, the engineering, all of that shit. Shout
0: out Clay B. Right. He uh, executive produced that project?
1: Yes, he did. So did, uh, uh, he goes by Shia now, but his real name's Isaac. He, he, he produced two songs on there, or engineered, recorded them. So, you know, he had a hand in that too. And, you know, certain people helped me write that shit too. There's a, there's a lot of, there's probably
0: like 30 people, you know, that were a part of that album and room, a lot of them local, including everyone in this room right a lot of these people on that project were all local Iowa rappers for yeah, the most part every single one every single feature yep wow people that I met organically
1: and you know hit it off with and got in the studio with there wasn't any hey I'm gonna send this to you and then you do it I was in the studio when every feature was recorded on that album and was right there next to
0: him just kind of trying my best to compose the whole thing no, there's something like interesting and special sometimes about the song making process when it's in person and it's not just phoned over That's verses so and shit. Yeah.
1: You can tell. You can just tell. Maybe an unexperienced listener can't tell, but I fucking
0: can. Right.
1: Especially in my own music when it's just like super phoned in, like you said. Just, nah, fuck that. I'm not dropping that.
0: So without further ado, let's jump into the album. All right, let's go. Song number one. Song number one. Armageddon. Okay. Featuring? JG. And how do you know My boy him? boy,
1: Jaquise Gray. Through the the religious uh, thing growing up. Okay. Yeah, so known him literally forever. That song, like I said, it's it's sub- kind of supposed to be the climax, and that's kind of how I wrote it, but then I realized it worked perfectly as an intro to, like, capture people's attention. So I sampled this song called... Um, look it up I do not remember it's called break the fall by swish and it was just this, this song from 2017 of this chick baby and I was I caught my ear and then I found out Kanye sampled it too in an unreleased song on Donda 2 which I didn't know until after I used it so it's out there if you look up like 530 by Kanye it's super similar he did like a very similar sample chop on it uh but I, I did no drums and I figured it would really work. And then after that the second beat was made by this producer, um, Rax and then the third beat was made by me on there too. So it was just
0: like I wanted it to feel like a roller coaster. This is something that we definitely need to touch on though, just because I love that and I don't think it's talked about much. At least I haven't heard you talk about it much, but you make beats too. Yeah. Talk about it. Like what What's your favorite beat that you've made? Perfect. That sounds so good. When you just talk right now. Does it sound place. milky right here? Yeah. that
1: When you keep it Is right that on the that butter? flat part. All right. I got that's you. That's where it's supposed to. Yeah. I got you. You just sounded like a little echoey for a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fine though. We're still learning. We're still learning. We got to deal with the echoes.
0: How we sounding goof off? How we looking?
1: Camera's getting hot. Oh shit. We're not even playing the album. How come it's getting hot? <laughs> Stupid ass jokes. We're cutting that out for sure. Fuck that.
0: <laughs> no, nah, we're keeping all this shit.
1: <sighs> Damn. We high as fuck in this
0: bitch. So you made the beat to Armageddon. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, well the first beat I literally just looped a clip off YouTube. And then the third beat, uh used a sample pack and the drums and I made it the same tempo as the second beat that I got off YouTube. <laughs> Bought the least for it though. And yeah, that's how that song came together. And it's just it's literally just such a trip of a song. From where it starts to where it ends is completely different soundscapes. Which is so fucking dope to me. It's just it it shows my bipolarness in one song.
0: What made you get the idea to do the temperature check portion of that record?
1: J. Cole. J. Cole. Um there's a song that he did with Moneybag Yo. Uh, Memphis Connect. Temperature Check, Cigarette Lit, or something like that. And he said some shit like that. I and do
0: remember he, him saying some shit temperature like Temperature check. check. Yeah,
1: he said it super quick. But I, I do remember like, that. Yeah, I'm going to do it my own way. And that's just how I started it. You know, I kind of, this this album had so many, people might think it's stealing bars. It's more, I just actually referenced them, I guess, and just showed that was my inspiration, I guess. And anybody who looked into it could tell, I was inspired by J. Cole for that whole record. So, yeah.
0: This album to me is an introspective, Self reflection of sorts into your life, exploring themes of partying, sex, drug use, depression, (laughs) suicide, all the depression. And obviously, isolation, the big one. Isolation to me, you named it that not just because, you know, because as you touched on, you weren't really isolated during the making of the project. It's more so a feeling, an internal feeling. And you kind of touch on in costumes, we'll get into that later, but you kind of touch on like, you know, I've, I've, you know, in the hallways, you know, kind of feeling this isolated feeling. That
1: was the real isolation. Right. Towards the end, I touch on like the actual when I was alone because no one fucked with me. then when people started fucking with me, it's like I wanted to stay in that mindset. I, I don't know. And I feel like that's reflected in the whole album. You know, it's just, I'm literally causing all of my own problems, everything that I'm saying, everything I'm doing, I'm not even realizing it's detrimental. The whole thing. It's crazy. And at the very beginning, it's just sort of like, wow, I'm actually losing pieces of me, everything that I do.
0: And you touch on a lot of these themes in other projects as well. Yeah. But for some reason, you've just really honed that in on this project. And it's fuck yeah way more consistent. It's a dark album. You you think so? It it gets dark at times. It's not I wouldn't say the whole project is dark, but costumes get stark. Right. You know, I Isolation mean some of the songs really dark. get dark. You know? Yeah. When when you're talking about suicide and I think a lot of rappers nowadays have this sort of mental health narrative going on. Dude, because real. a lot of artists do struggle it's with mental health dude. issues. But I think that the way that you were able to talk about it just felt genuine. It felt like personal. It felt real. It felt like you were opening up about your true feelings. Right. It felt like we got to know your darker sides. Sides maybe that you weren't as happy about. Facts. You know what I mean? When you talk about some of the drug use stuff, you're not talking about it in a positive light. Right. You're saying, I almost died off this shit. <laughs> yeah. This shit fucked me up.
1: Still had fun though, <laughs> but hey, there's a cost. There's a
0: life experience in right. there, but there's there's a lesson as well, for sure, for
1: sure. And without doing that, I wouldn't have the the perspective I have now. So Newton, being thankful, we but
0: gotta, we got to understand grateful. Newton's laws of physics here, right? Every reaction has a re every reaction has a every equal has an equal and opposite reaction, opposite right? reaction. Yeah. And so the drug usage, although it might be fun and cause a you know, this feeling, you know, there might have been this dangerous reaction of, like, I might hurt myself. Have you ever, and, you know, we don't have to get on, we don't have to touch on this if you don't want, but since we're on the topic to some extent, have you ever, like, almost gotten hurt doing drugs and oh boy, shit like that? Let's say that for another time. That'll be another we conversation. Should, we should definitely
1: keep going on those songs, though, because I don't want that camera to explode. Yeah, we're on... Tr- Oh okay, so, no worries. Okay, okay. So now we just we're
0: just on these two. That's cool. That's cool. That's chilling. Let's get into nowhere fast. Nowhere fast. Going nowhere fast. Going nowhere for. Yeah, that's what shit made so you want to like, because the 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 production on that one. I mean, is that I don't know if that's a a Clay B question or if that's a question for you. But some of that production was very. You know, highlighted and kind of really interesting. Yeah, it's the only song in yeah. on that album
1: that sounds like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that beat. So the sample is another Kanye base sample. Actually, the first two songs are very fucking Kanye esque. Definitely like pulled straight from his wheelhouse. So yeah, that song. It's just it sounded like he that that guitar string sample is. I don't remember what it's called right now, but it just sounded like Coraline to me. <laughs> like just dark and gritty, and I just felt like getting introspective on it, and I was like I've never rapped over just a guitar pick, and I, I, I've really tried to explore rapping with songs that don't have drums, because that just makes it interesting, you're used to just a bass drop, what if there's not a bass drop, right, you know, you gotta do something else, and so that's what that song kind of was, just as a whole, and then the beat switch, and I sang a
0: little bit on that hoe, and yeah. That's one of my favorites from the album. Really. I wouldn't say it's it, it's top 5 off top the album. Five. I wouldn't say it's like top 3, but it's it's a top 5 for me. Yeah. Um is there anything else you'd like to add about how that came about that track like what the what it was like in the studio when you made it or anything interesting I, how that one came together?
1: For the sake of time, honestly, there's nothing that much interesting about it. That song I just What's really cool about that song to me, one thing I will mention is that there is if you know what alliteration is, alliteration is like the reuse of the same, you know, character. The same first letter. Yeah. So there's one verse right. in it. The very first verse, I use the letter D like thirty times. I and, did notice that. In this one verse, and it's just that part is that's a flex to me. But it's it's subtle enough to where you like you can't tell it's just d the whole time. Which I fucking love. So there's that. And that song just I feel like it has some cool lines in it too, the whole uh uh, I was in a kennel, all I needed was sobriety. Now I'm on a level where they all thinking high of me, the irony. I'm super proud of that line. I don't know what you think about it? It's just that one's yeah, I fuck with that line.
0: <laughs> nah, man, you're very comfortable on records too, man. Cause that bar you just referenced, like the way that you delivered it on that record, you're you're very just you're in your realm, you're in your zone. Like Dork. you're you feel like on this mic, like Comfortable. It sounds. It just. it's just. I, I get the vibe that you're. You're not afraid to fucking wrap your ass off. You're not afraid right. to like get in the booth and like. That took a lot. Though. You know.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't always like that. It's hard to sound like you're not reading it off of a page. It's really hard to do that. Right. And I feel like this was the first album that it just was that. It just I. Me and Clay had such a rapport built up already that we just kind of just. We knew what it was. I was sitting in there. I had these concepts and we just kind of worked on them on the fly while I was standing there. I changed lyrics and then keep going. That song really was like, I was kind of just done impromptu. I wrote that shit like an hour before I walked in on some random shit I produced. And yeah, it was, that was it. Beautiful. What's the third song? 4am.
0: Yeah. A banger.
1: So I heard when I, the second half of that beat is, sounds like an alarm clock, just I was like that's a fucking alarm clock to me. So I put an alarm clock in there. And I was like what if I made a song that is like has to do with time in some way? Because it just fit from that and then I made 4 am. That's it. Pretty much that's a, there's a, <laughs> you, and that song is really about feeling lonely too. Yeah. You listen to the, my lyrics on it. G Rico did his own thing on there too, but he did fit the theme. Just my my verse is really about just, like, almost like I wanted to feel like you were at a party, but you were just alone as fuck. You didn't know anybody there. And you were just, like, you were having a good time, but it's just, like, no one here would give a fuck if I just was, like, passed out or overdosing on this couch.
0: Damn. Yeah, so just Jeez. that song.
1: You can't really tell that, but I guess that's sort of, like, how I was feeling when yeah. I that
0: shit. Do you feel like some of these features on this album, like, make you go harder lyrically? Oh,
1: fuck yeah, dude. G. Rico killed that shit. Shout out G. Rico. He's going through some surgeries right now. Feel for the man, but that man is one of the most talented rappers I know and freestylers I know, and bro's a triple threat. He can sing. He can rap his ass off. He's personable. I loved having him on there, and there was supposed to be a couple more songs with him on there too, but it just didn't happen. And he just came on there, and he caught the flow I had and did his own thing, and that song is just classic. He just came in there. He wrote his verse while we were sitting there.
0: That's a top five from the project too, right? in my opinion. No, right? yeah, it's that's top five. Um, ghost mode. Ghost mode. Obviously ghost mode. You got a visual for this track? Yes, we do. We do have a visual. So it must by be important. Our very own team here, produced by Goof, Goof Off Collab. Off collab,
1: baby. So killed that shit.
0: What was that like? Making that oh, song. Man. Making that visual.
1: That whole song came about because I was just looking for... So I didn't produce that beat. That beat was made um, by some, like... I think his name's Carter Productions or something. Killed it, though. It just sounded like creepy Halloween spooky. And I had been seeing this building, you know, the building I talked about earlier, where we saw things in the sky. A little foreshadowing there. Um, So... I was at this building that I knew existed, this abandoned meat packing factory back from like the 40s and 50s in Waterloo, and I always wanted to shoot a music video there, and a couple people have done photo shoots there, I was like, that's raw, and um, yeah, so I just made that song, and I was just like, that beat fits that, that building, it just looked like that building in my head, when I heard that beat, I was like, it just sounds like graffiti, (laughs) I don't know, and then Trick James, me and him have been wanting to make a song for a long time. And I I really don't know why I picked him for that. Because he only hops on like some XXX type beats. You know, some like Shiloh Dynasty sample shit. And I was like, what if I got him on this spooky ass shit? And he's it a, worked.
0: He's, in my opinion, one of the standout features from the whole album. Really? I, I, agree. Th- I, think, I agree. I think he brought an energy to it that just feels different, feels exciting. Mm-hmm. I like that you say you had in mind prior to the video to the visual incorporating that aesthetic into like you know tying together the song and the visual before you even did the visual that's that's clever man for real and i think that that's partly what the secret sauce is to making good visuals is sometimes making when you make the song having the visual in mind from the very get-go
1: dude yeah dead ass that from from the very beginning that ski mask and like a bloody white ski mask was in my mind, and a certain friends will attest to this. I've had this idea for years. Yeah, not necessarily the building, but this whole like fucking with meat and shit,
0: and uh, fucking with meat.
1: <laughs> that's the wrong <laughs> poor choice of words. Poor choice of words. I, uh, you know, just like tearing meat apart and getting bloody and grotesque and horror vibes was the was. Kind of my vibe, and it happened to line up perfectly with what my boy Mitch was thinking to do with that. And I just saw his eyes light up when I mentioned the whole horror theme. You were like, dude, I'm so fucking down for that. And we talked about uh, Midsummer too. We talked about Midsummer in the shot where they, they, great fucking upside movie. Upside down and then like somehow rotates this way and it's right side up. And it was like, we should do that. And so we ended up doing a lot of spin shit on the video and. 360 shots, spin shit. (laughs) The proper terminology for that. Um, But yeah, dude, that video just, it came together. They storyboarded the whole thing, drew out picture by picture, each scene, every single line, what that was going to look like, who was going to be where, and it's just beautiful. It's so beautiful. The aesthetic is just awesome.
0: It's your best visual.
1: The only visual.
0: Well, you have some some shit with with... I guess that is, yeah, that might be your only, I mean, I saw some snippets of Elevate. And yeah, there's little, you know. we can get into that later. We but all
1: shot uh, more like, you know, promo, like for just individual songs and TikToks, but.
0: Some TikTok shit. First
1: music video, like, I don't think you can get any better than that. And obviously your first music video, too, like, this shit is just top notch, bro.
0: We got the same vid team and they're dedicated, man. Yeah. What can I say? We- I love how the
1: intros all look the same, too. Like the titles where it says ghost mode, comfort 1111 11, all this stuff yep. it's like the same font. Yep. It's awesome. The consistency and when people once you finally have, you know, like 10 videos out there, it's going to be so sick to look at, dude. It's going to be so sick. And I see in the
0: vision now. So we're going to stay on the album, but real real quick, what was that like seven deadly sins, you know, at, who who incorporated that idea into the visual and just I love that concept.
1: <laughs> it was me <laughs> oh man
0: so we're gonna have to get him on here to yeah talk i think about i think we'd have because... to talk about the music video separately yes probably, that'll another be time. another video Unfortunately, we don't have another mic but you know this is a great beginning though great beginning um let's talk about the video another time so trick james biggest artist you've ever worked with then
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Him and Vitamin J are about tied for, like, monthly listeners on Spotify. You know, they got quite a reach. Trick James got, like, 10 million streams on one of his songs, blew up, which, you know, of course was a part of why I wanted to work with him. But he's also – so I, I dropped a song called Anticipation 2 before my that OWT album. And for some reason, I just decided to pull a Kendrick control and diss everybody in my city on that album. Vitamin J, Tay Young, Trick James amongst like four other names that i just dropped just to get attention pretty much i can fully admit that it was to get attention and it what did it work of course it did now they're on this album three of them two of them that i made diss tracks on and they made diss tracks on me were on my on my album and we have songs together now so that was just a really full circle moment and that's why it's so cool i got a music video with trick james you know like that's just forever. I fucking love that shit. That shot of us in the in the windows where it pans back and forth, that was just, I think it's the best shot in the in the whole thing. And it's just the pure collaborative vibe of that. Just me and Trick. I never thought I'd see that come to fruition. Yeah. And especially with a video that looked like that.
0: like Hopefully man. not the only time. Hopefully not the only time. You'll and get ho- together. You know,
1: I want to get Knight Lavelle on a project. Okay. That's my next like person. I've been trying to hit his up, his manager up. I got a song idea for him. Just some huge fucking names, bro.
0: Hopefully. Well, if, if you're listening then, hit him, hit Legible up. Night Lavelle, work with me, please. I All need right. that. I need so, that. Top of the Morning is next. Top of the Morning. Top of the Morning. What can you tell me about that record? All right. Well, it features He Who Shall Not Be Named.
1: And we used to be really good friends. And some bullshit went down. But, you know, that's how it goes. He's a good-ass rapper kept the verse on that shit what was crazy about that song is that my neighbor at the time was this little kid and i worked with his mom at tyson and so he would come over every now and then and just like kick it with me he was, I was 16 i think and he had this beat he was like i found this beat and i was like okay sure and he played it. he connected to my speaker and played it. i was like this low-key goes this is kind of the shit the same day i went i was just going to clay's to talk about, I think it was a music video, like that day, you guys weren't there, but um, I was talking to Clay about music video shit and payment or whatever, and then we happened, he was like, yeah, you want to get make a song quick or something, I was like, yeah, this kid found this beat, and in the middle of writing that, like I said, he who shall not be named, ran into somebody from his past that robbed from him, in the studio, this kid was cutting hair in the studio, and comes in, and they about fucking fight, he about... There was almost some shots that rang off in the studio while that beat was playing. Yeah, it was just like, what the fuck is happening? I was just sitting there trying to moderate the whole thing, and nothing was working, and it was just getting terrible, and they both
0: got kicked out. And that's why you hear gunshots in the background of that record.
1: If you listen to what the Features verse says, (laughs) it's completely about the situation that was at hand. And I freestyled that whole song. That entire song, there was not a single written. Which is crazy, which I wanted to call it top of the morning freestyle, but that's just a long ass name
0: yeah when you uh when you sat on that track, squeezing her neck, making her wet, I felt that,
1: <laughs> damn, you felt that, I felt that nice, shout out, choking, you know,
0: so elevate <laughs> damn this was a standout on the project, probably, not. I don't know if it's in my top five, but it's definitely in probably a lot of listeners' top five. Elevate was a single that project.
1: Elevate was kind of like a. That was the most iconic records kind of like song, I guess. That was your guys'
0: anthem yes, for the label. Yes. I definitely got that vibe.
1: First beat was also produced by Rax. Rax produced like most of the, the. All the beats I didn't make were almost completely made by Rax on that album, which is crazy. He's so fucking good. Um. So, yeah, that, that song, it was just, and then Clay actually found the second beat for that, which is like the Baby Keen type beat. It's a bunch of horns, middle, middle child by J. Cole influenced, definitely. And it just, that song was super random. Again, wrote it like an hour before I walked in. And then the second half of that song was completely written on the spot by all three of us me, Gage, and Clay. Shout out Gage. Without Gage, this podcast would not be possible.
0: Shout out Gage. Can't
1: forget that. Gage had a huge part of this album, too. He did ad-libs on three of the songs, had a feature on two of the songs, went bar for bar with me, which is not easy to do. And fucking...
0: What's his social media? Like, does he have...
1: Samurai12Gage. He also has uh, Samurai TV Productions, I believe is the name now. So plug in that. He does all, like, video work. All He'll design websites. Do your music video. Shoot the music videos. Him and his girlfriend are an awesome team, and he's... He's been very instrumental in making a lot of things happen, and he's one of the realest people I've ever met. Anyways, he was a huge part of that song and wrote his verse on the fly. Clay wrote his verse on the fly. I wrote my verse on the fly, and that song just came together.
0: It was meant to be. And a lot of these collaborators, some of the ones you're mentioning, like Shia, Shia. Clay B., um, I mean, some of these people you seem to work with often. Like the, oh, yeah. The, None of these were their first appearances on a record with you, correct? Yeah. Okay. And did you have a favorite feature off the whole album? Oh, man, you can't do that. If you can't do that, then off the song, like, who who murdered the song? More, like, excluding you and everything. Just what was your favorite verse from someone else on Elevate?
1: I think Gage's verse, his voice fit the beat the best. He just sounded like a fucking cartoon character over it. Right. It's so awesome. I don't know how to explain it, bro. Just sounded squeaky, but it was perfect.
0: But your second verse on there too, man. The fast one. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That one's pretty cool. It's just a little little spiritual miracle. I could, I, I could feel that. I could, I could. (laughs) On purpose, those to
1: keep the energy like going, I guess.
0: Right. I would say that's like a. Yeah, that's that's definitely top ten, but it's not. And I mean, there's only twelve on the album, so yeah, it's it's really not top five for me. But I love, I just I love isolation. I love four a.m. I love nowhere fast yeah. and just. There's there's you a know. lot of classics. Those on are, there, those right? are those are like some of my faves. Costumes I appreciate on it. there. All right, so she know that is she next. know that you had a Shout lot out of Ed Skilling. man. Yep. Yeah, and you had some some samples on there as well. I'm, yeah, I'm more noticing money, a more theme, problems. A theme of these. Samples, these kind of old school rap yeah, yeah. samples on on a lot of your a ton music. of old
1: school shit. I wanted this one to I want okay, so this this song is where I wanted it to hit the old school vibe for like a second, because I'm kind of exploring maybe a boom bap tape in the future, and so this shit is just like it was kind of just my little hint at that I guess. So that song comes in with the sample, and you know I'm gonna start doing a bunch of sampling and boom bap production, and that's kind of the first one that started it. And Ed is just he's so good. He's so good. He goes by hollow tips without the O and yeah, bro, just killed that shit. He actually called me. I wasn't in the, he had the beat. He called me and he's like, yo, come to the studio right now. And I just walked in and the song was already done. He didn't add anything to it at all. after I showed up, I just showed up and the song was just playing on the loop and I was like, bet. Okay, I'll do it. Honestly, wasn't even too excited about it. I knew it was a good song, but I was like, ah, fuck it just wrote some shit in like about 10, 15 minutes, hopped in, it did it on the first three takes, and then we rolled with it, and then the more I listened to it, I was like, dude, this is awesome. This is like one of the best, this is like a, a radio song, you know, like a dance hall <laughs> anthem, and Ed ended up giving me that song, it was his song, so I still think of it as his, as his song that he gave me the rights to use, yeah. and yeah, and he's he's a dope-ass rapper, and I really hope he gets back into it. So, Ed, if you're listening to this shit, get your fucking shit together and get back in the studio with me, please. I need that. I he, crave
0: that. He had that, Uh, what's it, Paisley EP? Paisley, yes. I, I, oh. fuck, I fuck with that little project that he put amazing. out. Amazing. So, you know, Ed, keep doing shit, man. Keep
1: doing it, bro. Keep doing it. Don't lose the vision.
0: Insomniac Cypher. Insomniac Cypher. What can you tell us about that one? You know I don't sleep much. I don't sleep at all. I'm fucked,
1: like really, in the head, <laughs> like I don't, I literally, I don't know why, maybe it's being on my screen too late, but like I am actually an insomniac, and my dad struggles with uh, also the same thing, so I think I probably got it from him, it's, it's, it's real, I just genuinely don't sleep, and I say it on the album a bunch of times too, like I just don't, that's probably a huge part of why I'm mentally so all over the place, and yeah, that song was just about that, and then after that it was just flexing lyrical abilities past that point you know they had that loose theme that i thought kind of like sounded dope and then everyone kind of fit that like you know the grind never stops that's kind of what it just meant and then i got i got Tay young on there who also had a diss track on me it's called tyson versus mcneely on soundcloud if you want to listen to the best diss track against me ever nice body the fuck out of me. i'm not gonna lie And ever since then, he just i I respect the fuck out of him, and I'm—it's—I'm so happy I got him on a record, and I used the Master Ace Acknowledge instrumental for that, which is uh, a '90s rapper. Master Ace actually turned into a pastor in his late career and ended up leaving. But that beat always—I've listened to that beat for over a decade, and I was like, I want a cipher to it, and I got the sample cleared
0: and dropped it. Amazing. So, what's next? Count your blessings. Count your blessings. I mean, there's there's a lot of beat switches that <laughs> that you that you like doing on on just projects in general of right. yours, but the beat switch on this song, I don't know, that one was that one was cool. What'd you think about that? Um, Count your blessings was that
1: one was just me and Gage sitting in my room. That beat was produced by a producer called Comma D, comma space D E E, and it was that it, it was the shit. It really was. Which camera's rolling, which camera's not? Oh, okay, okay, I see. <laughs> not that it matters, just, I want to make sure we're okay. Um, Yeah, so, that song really just, uh, yeah, just found that first beat, and I wanted it, I wanted that song to be the first song on the album. Actually, I wanted it to start out with that, like, boom-bap vibe. I was going to go to the boom-bap and then explore the deeper shit, and then get into, like, the anthem shit at the end, but it ended up totally switching. But Count Your Blessings was, yeah, like I said, supposed to be an intro, and then the second half is a diss track that I ended up splicing up with um, uh, Shia's verse. Threw that in there because I didn't want it to be too much of a diss. But, yeah, shots were fired on that song for good reason.
0: I'm not sure what songs, like what music's going to be playing during this episode, but (laughs) the last verse you had on that song. Yep. Crazy, man. Insane. Crazy. Insane. One of your best verses. Really? I'd say so. I, on what level would like you technical think so? Skill level. Just one of my favorites. I don't know if I can go Thank into dissecting me. it, but one of my favorite verses of yours, I'd say maybe. Thank you. For um, it. is it? How would you say that that verse stands up to? Oh man, that's not even in the top ten on the album. I don't yeah. think. I don't really. Think.
1: Yeah, it's good, but interesting. Anything yeah. that's negative and you know distant, it's just that's probably not my forte. I feel like it had to be said, but and it adds a cool like flair to the album but it's not good. It's not a good vibe to me. It's I don't know. That song's just kind of all over the place. It's cool. It sounds like a mixtape song. Like it was recorded it was actually recorded in two separate states, too. One half of that was recorded the first the second half was recorded in Rhode Island. And then the one was in Iowa
0: in my room. <laughs> Which is crazy. What made you want to work with someone like Vitamin on Watch Yourself? I Ooh, mean, Ooh, Vitamin J that style, I guess, I wasn't expecting. Yeah, dude, uh, a
1: little darky type shit, you know, screamo. Yeah. I love screamo. I can't do it. myself. I'm practicing on it a lot. I plan on doing it, but like, my voice doesn't sound good when I'm screaming. I kind of tried on "Count Your Blessings," some like super aggressive shit. But I just sound like I'm forcing it too much. He has a great screamo voice. I was like, I need that on the album. I want a no melody, just drums, fucking mosh pit banging. And that was that song. And I have some vulgar-ass lyrics in there. (laughs) Like some of the worst ones on the project, for sure. Can you say one? Fuck on her sister, then fuck on her cousin. Give me another one. Vulgar lyrics? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't know. I'd have to, like... There's so many
0: lyrics. Trying to get plastered. Yeah, something Um.
1: like that, yeah. She tapped out all pinned on her back. If you really saw all the shit from my past, you'd probably FaceTime like a video chat. Uh, that's that's kind of cold. And then Vitamin says some fuck shit on there, too, which I love. Right. So it's just kind of like we don't give a fuck. And I want to shoot a music video for that, too. If okay. Vitamin ever got on this shit. And hopefully we get Vitamin on this podcast, too. So you need to come to the singularity. God, I'm drunk. What the fuck? Booth. <laughs> Booth. Damn, that's bad. <laughs> you need to hop on the singularity booth as soon as possible, my guy. Hop in the booth. Hop in the Vitamin. booth. With us, man, come on. You did it once. We need it again. We need it again for sure. And me and him actually
0: got another one in the in the vault, too. Your flow on jump rope. Ooh. That one's that one's different. Really? I'm what not saying it? you've never gotten into that flow before, but just that's where you're. You're in your bag. You really, know? on on a flow like that, I'd say so. Yeah. Damn. Um, I wish, low key, we were just playing each of these after we're talking about them before we're talking about you know in post, baby. But but from everything I can remember, yeah, just the flow on that one was just, I don't know. You were just in in your in your bag. It was a Suicide flowing. Boys
1: beat, a Suicide Boys sample, and then you know put drums over it. But it was, yeah, dude. That song is crazy. We were like. Me and He Who Shall Not Be Named were just vibing on that song. Wrote that in my in my house on the, uh, the east side of Waterloo. Super bad time of my life, but that's why that song is so dark. And I don't know, I just, I've just i had this, that, that written of the fuck your deal, man, you know I never front those, bitch. I got a blunt roll, double dutch, jump rope. Double dutch, meaning two dutches side by side, rolling a fat ass, like, backwood. Yeah. That's what that means. Double dutch, you know, like, jump rope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it? Important for you to talk about like Waterloo on records and shit, like Fuck yeah, it is. I'd be, I definitely be like hearing that you're representing it, you know, like always. You would think like sometimes people from like Waterloo of all places aren't really gonna talk about it. It's just gonna be kind of like a I picked a that random spot for ass, the music video too, yeah, because,
1: because of Waterloo. It felt like Waterloo. This whole album, I wanted it to feel like this is the city with the people on there. It was. It literally was. I think people got that vibe from it, so yeah, it's it's of utmost important importance to me. Of you know, I just city is everything. Your location is it just defines everything that you are. And yeah, Iowa's not that interesting, but I'm trying to find the best parts about it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things to it. Little nuances that I think I'm starting to show. What we have for time here, guys? Uh, we're at sixty. We're at seventy minutes right now. So we should probably go really quick and end this shit.
0: Okay. I want to go long form with it, but, okay, last thing I'm going to say about that record then. How the fuck did the beat come together? For Jump Rope? For Jump Rope.
1: Oh, it was, it's a Suicide Boys, I have a sample right here.
0: did you just find it on YouTube? So you get loop packs.
1: You can get a loop pack, which is just a melody, and then you put drums over it. So all I did was take a Suicide Boys sample pack, which is a bunch of melody loops that are just dark and have like the, the chopped deep, like samples. Like, I don't know. How to explain it mm-hmm. but so yeah i just used a sample pack and i just put drums over it and added a crazy ass 808 the spins 808 which people make jokes about but i used it and it was it just came together i don't know a lot of these songs there was no thought at all it was just like hey write a verse okay i'll write a verse and just made a song
0: that free flowing nature, I feel like, is important for a lot of creatives. Fuck yeah. Not overthinking the creative process.
1: And Holo tips did the ad-libs on that song too, and like really brought a lot of life to it with that bitch. Love that <laughs> shit.
0: And isolation is next. The crown the, jewel. The self. They're the title of the album. Yeah. Um, my possibly my favorite song on the album. One of my favorite songs you've ever done. One of the I bars know. in that one. You know, looking out the window trying to spot a flying saucer. <laughs> I felt that shit, man, Fuck for real, yeah. for real, just because I'm always, like, looking out the window and, like, being hella curious about, like, seeing shit. Like, I, you know... We already know. I was always looking out a window, especially in airplanes for, for UFOs. Never fucking saw one, but... Right. Always wanted to, and just... I never ever in my life heard another rapper say a bar like that it's on It's hard a to talk about
1: UFO seriously. It's
0: just not so talked just, about.
1: Yeah, and especially and in a rap like I just kind of lightly mentioned it, but yeah, it's a huge part of it. I
0: don't know if people listening to that would like because I'm I'm approaching it from my standpoint of already being deep into like paranormal topics right. and, and things like that, but the average like person listening to that bar, they could just going to hear that and be like, "Oh, that's kind of like whack cuz" You know, that's kind of silly. I got
1: a gem to drop on that song. Listen to Legacy by Eminem, and then play that song right afterwards.
0: I do actually like that All song off say, the MMLP, too. It shit. was
1: pretty much, I was trying to, like, sequel that song. Okay. In, in in my own way, that was, like, a huge inspiration for it with the vibe. He used the same rhyme scheme in every verse. There's three verses in that song, and he rhymes with flying saucer, Italian sausage, cry on the lockers the shit like that. And I, I used the exact same thing for this song. Wow. And I referenced two of his lines in it too. Um, like, life is garbage, I'm about to take it out on you. That's his song from Bad Guy and from Legacy. And so, I don't know, just that song was kind of an homage as well because it was the title song. And yeah, it's just it, that song is the same rhyme scheme, start to finish, and I'm proud of it. And that was a Joey Badass sample pack beat for that one too. And it just, it ended up being the title song. I wasn't even going to call it Isolation, but it just
0: fit, I think. When you named, when you came up with the title for that track, yeah, did the album title just click, or did you have the album title and then come up with the name for that track? Yeah, the
1: album title was always there. Yeah. Always. Because my first album was Imperfect, I'm Perfect, spelled like I'm Perfect. And I was like, this is a sequel to it, I'm Perfect, Isolation it was kind of the sequel to it and they both were supposed to have 14 songs and it was going to be perfect but it kind of just changed so it was a sequel to that and yeah the, the the name was always there and that song just i ended up realizing that was like the deepest look into my mind state and it's was like that's that should probably be the title
0: song so i named it that what made you choose costumes as the last song
1: why why is <sighs> Cause it cuz i was living a double end. life Okay, I was living a double life, and that song is just really about, and then that paired with 1703. They're supposed to go back and back, back to back. And it was just, um, yeah, costumes. That, that song is produced by Acid MP3. He's a dope-ass producer. Did a lot of songs with Vitamin J as well, so Vitamin plugged me on that producer. He sent me that beat custom. I just wanted some really dark shit. And it was supposed to be called Gray at first. I was going to call it Gray. And then I just uh, changed to costumes because I rhymed about it. And it was just about a double life and living at home and hiding the the lifestyle I was really living in the duality and the dichotomy of living a sinful lifestyle while a Christian, wholesome lifestyle was the, the face I was presenting when I was home. So that whole album is just about wearing a costume at all times because I didn't know, was I this persona or was I this one or was I a mixture of both? So I was wearing costumes. Fucking love that song.
0: I do too. That's probably <laughs> my second favorite. Next
1: to... Armageddon. Armageddon's first.
0: There's a lot of okay. I nothing against Armageddon. There's a lot of Armageddon love out there that I've been hearing from like, I don't know, that seems to be one of the, the fan favorites for yeah. the album, but I that's not in my top five from that project. <gasps> but that's a good problem to have is they can't even decide which I'll ones take to that put. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I do I, I do like the song, but you know, 4 a.m., nowhere fast, costumes, bangers, isolation. The bangers,
1: the bangers. Armageddon was just like that, just on a personal level, I just like the lyrics in it so much. Yeah. The first verse is, I feel like, the best verse I ever wrote or have released.
0: Wow. Honestly,
1: I should have said that when I was talking about Armageddon. (laughs) But yeah, costumes is also, it's just second for sure to that. It's just the same vibe. And then 1703 was supposed to follow that up, and that's available on YouTube and YouTube only and SoundCloud. Uh, I sampled uh, Champagne Poetry by Drake, which is why I got taken down. I didn't clear it. I thought it might. And then it got taken down, but... That song's just about family. And obviously I got seventeen oh three on my neck and that's that's my childhood address. Hold on, can you up.
0: can you show that to the cameras? You
1: know the vibes. <laughs> yeah, I got this neck tag about a year ago and it's uh my childhood address growing up, seventeen oh three. So that it just means family. Plus I think it's just a cool ass number. Kay. And that song just kind of fit and it was supposed to be the closing of everything and it it really was it was perfect ending and it brought the religious undertones to full to the surface it really sucks that it couldn't be on there but it is still out there so and I kind of like how it ends with costumes too I feel like it it works
0: that way too so so wrapping up now we've gone over a song breakdown of the of the project kind of overall are you you seem proud of this project this body of work you've spent a lot of time on it a lot of money. A lot of money, okay. And is this something that, like, you know, what'd you learn about yourself with this project that's so different from the other one? Like, is this something that you feel like you just elevate, for lack of a better word? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Elevate was a new status with this album. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Elevate was literally called that because, you know, that's the moment where I stopped, like, feeling lonely and, like, life's great. And then it goes back to like life's fucking awful after that. So it was just it was just a roller coaster and that album I didn't really learn anything. it was just what I was and that's why I like it. It was just a picture of like two years of my life when I was truly alone inside because I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to be or where I wanted to go and at, by the end of it you could tell like I, I have a better perspective on life and that's where I'm at now and we'll see where it takes us
0: and with that. We conclude episode three. Episode three, bro. This Crazy. has been legible and Nathaniel. Thank you for listening. Tune in. Tune in next week for episode four, where we talk about more hip some hop. Some paranormal shit, shit maybe <laughs> some hip hop shit. We're we don't know. this This podcast is just an experiment right now. You know, our, this is our first time doing this. First time. I'm I'm happy with how it came out. Facts. I'm, I'm proud of the team that we, we have behind us. And I think that moving forward, it's just going to be, you know, friend, friendly banter over topics that we enjoy talking about. So oh, God. Oh, God. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop.
1: Whoop. Whoop. Was that that concludes so it. Awesome. Shout out Goof Off! Shout out Creative Freedom HQ. Shout out Gage for the equipment. Shout out Clay B for the knowledge. Shout out so many people for everything and all the love that people have shown, and continue to show. Peace.